As you know, the On Farm podcast is brought to you by the team at Seen and Heard PR and Marketing. And I just wanted to remind you about a new initiative that's happening here called On Record. On Record is a project to preserve voices, stories and memories for the future with your very own audio recording. So we're recording memories of rural life. We're travelling around Scotland, working with families and organisations to capture precious voices of family members or staff members or long-serving office bearers to preserve those for posterity and sometimes for historical value. So if you think this project is something that you'd like to be involved in and maybe you have a grandparent or a parent that you'd like to capture on audio while you can, please do get in touch. You can find out more at onrecordmemories.co.uk. Hello, welcome to On Farm. This is Monty, Ross Montague. I just want to warn you right from the get-go on this. Today we're going to be discussing mental health and suicide in this episode, which is obviously a very important topic, but it's not always an easy listen. So if you want to skip this episode, or perhaps you feel like right now might not be the best time for you to hear some of these messages, please just go and find another episode in the On Farm Back catalogue. Also, if you find you're affected by what you hear coming up, it's so important that you speak to someone. We'll put links in the episode show notes and you can always contact your GP, the Samaritans on 116123 or if you work in farming in Scotland, RSABI on 0300 111 4166. So, with all of that said, thank you for hitting play on this one. I'm going to start by playing you a quick burst of something the team and I have been working on in the last few months. Farming, more than just a job, it's a special way of life, where families pull together, work the land with nature's helping hand. Whatever the weather throws their way, to overcome adversity and rejoice a better day. We all need a farmer. We all need a farmer. It's a short film that our Seen and Heard team have put up on YouTube and social media over the summer. We've been really grateful to see so many people liking and sharing and showing love for that film. The voice you heard there was acclaimed Scottish actor Ian Pirry. Jason Connery, the son of Sir Sean Connery and an acclaimed actor and director in his own right, was also involved. The images in the film are all scenes of farming life that have been shared with us by farming families around Scotland, by the Scottish farmer, by RET, by RSABI and many others. Thank you very much for those who took part. The aim of the film, well, without being too pushy about it, it was to remind all of us who work in farming and also the wider public that our work can be hard, can be lonely and it can be frustrating, but it is vital for everyone. And as we say in the film, it's more than just a job, it's a special way of life. Because the folks need to know where the food they eat grows. Whether breakfast is snap, crackle and pop, or a latte with a froth on the top. Lunch, a pie from the butchers or a tasty quiche to share. Scotland's food is raised with tender love and care. So, here, here and now, in this episode of On Farm, we're going to talk a bit about the process of making We All Need a Farmer, and, more importantly, the reasons behind the film. Actually, there's also a voice coming up that you'll be familiar with if you heard On Farm last week. 
because the main driving force behind the We All Need a Farmer project is my old friend Scott Brown, who, if you recall, I actually bought a tup from last week in our episode recorded at the tup sales at Kelso. One came in into the ring that was kind of in my budget price I was going to have a go and, and I did and I'm, I'm delighted with this what a machine he is yeah no he is Monty he just typifies the kind of sheep that we breed there was a major shock earlier this year for farmers in East Lothian the Lothians and, and, and probably further afield too I guess when the news broke that Grant Brand who farmed at East Fortune in East Lothian with his wife and his family had unfortunately very unfortunately sadly taken his own life um, a bit later, we're going to hear from Scott Brown on how that tragic event provided the impetus for the We All Need a Farmer film. But now, for the first half of this episode, here's Grant's brother, Jamie, to help us remember Grant Brand. Jamie, hello. Hello. Thanks very much for inviting me to come along and speak tonight. Give us a, a, a little bit of an introduction, um, where you are and, and, and a wee bit about yourself. I'm a, a principal teacher of expressive arts in Dumfries and Galloway and an academy, but my family have been farming at East Fortune since the 19, early 1930s. My uh, brother, Grant, was completely really responsible for the running of our small farm at East Fortune, and he sadly took his own life in February this year. We didn't see it coming. Uh, we knew that you know, perhaps he was struggling a bit because loads of reasons, I think, to do with weather, pipes freezing, mud in fields, just really the things that farmers have to deal with every winter. Probably the, the stylized and very sort of fluffy image that sometimes surrounds agriculture, uh, where you see lambs bounding through a beautiful pasture and, uh, you know, young chickens and hens, it, you know, the actual hard graft, the relentless nature of everything was brought home to us very starkly when Grant sadly took the decision to end his life, uh, which was obviously a, a very, very, very significant uh, event in our family. My father is still working on the farm and uh, he's, he's been basically working for over 50 years now um, and still still very much involved, but it's been a difficult uh, process for us all to, to rationalise not only um, the practical aspects that have surrounded the situation, but the emotional aspects and the, the mental health issues that obviously were uh, very much present. Uh, but sadly, like so many people of his age, he was 43, he obviously didn't feel that he could talk to people, ask for help, which is ironic given the unbelievable outpouring of uh, you know, sympathy, emotion, and the unbelievable help that we, we have received from so many people and continue to receive from so many people who, who knew Grant. Jamie, tell us a little bit more about Grant, if you, if you, if you can, please. Yeah, uh, he was, well, when you saw the pair of us, I'm, I'm three, uh, three years older than he was, I'm 47, he, he died when he was 43. If you saw the two of us standing together, I'm five foot ten and look as if I've been stood on, and, you know, not the, the slimmest perhaps. Grant, 
was six foot four, six foot five, built like a, an air raid shelter. He had hands the size of a shovel and generally always had a smile on his face and was giving folk the thumbs up sign. Um, somebody that you would not associate with having any form of mental health issue at all. He was always on the go, relentless uh, in every sense. And, uh, you know, he was always, always sort of smiling and on his phone to folk. Uh, but he also had a, a job as operations manager with FRM, uh, a resource management recycling company. And the number of people that he came into contact with on a, on a daily basis was unbelievable. And he met everybody with the same smile and sort of friendly approach and demeanour. So we kind of, I think, probably in hindsight, recognise now that there was maybe a degree of struggle involved. I had a message from him a couple of days before he died, which included uh, just about ready to give up. And of course, you look back on these things um, and you, you think, oh my goodness, why did I not pick that up? But the general, and I think anybody that knew Grant would probably agree, you know, the overwhelming feeling of everybody after this happened was utter shock and disbelief. I know that when I got the telephone call in the early hours of the morning eh, to say that it had happened, I was, you know, completely dazed. And then, of course, I had to make a two-hour car journey um, to get to East Fortune, which was probably one of the, the longest journeys that I've ever had to make in my life. Um, but... You know, as as a per, as a person, he was larger than life in just about every sense. Yeah, I just I get the sense that because of that character, you say there may have been some 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 clues, and and I, I don't think this is the, the the place to delve into the whys and the wheres and what have you. But it is about helping people maybe understand what they can be looking out for and and what what to to pick up on and you're saying now you know in hindsight you maybe did see some some issues there do you feel comfortable about just maybe expanding on that Jamie yes i think you know sometimes it, it's just the ability or the inability to cope with the everyday routine and things that normally wouldn't affect people you know in any great shape or form, actually being something that, that did begin to, to cause an issue. Also, not being able to talk about sort of emotions and feelings. And, and I know that that is something that people find difficult. And I think that's exacerbated in many ways by the nature of farming, because a lot of people work by themselves. And that in itself gives time to brute, you know, the reflection time that you have available to you can be really quite significant. You notice people sort of drawing into themselves, not being able to talk about the, the things that either the big things that are important, but also just the perhaps the sort of inability to cope with the smaller things that are much less important. A change in the way that people are communicating, perhaps not being as communicative, being slightly more withdrawn, uh, and as I say, you know, also sometimes perhaps in a shorter fuse than normal would be things that you know I would would say that are, are, are worth watching for. But I think the difficulty here is that there is no prescribed list of 
of symptoms for, for this sort of situation. And it's just the recognition that breaking point occurs for some people at a slightly different time. And it's difficult sometimes to know some of the other things that people might be carrying that are worrying them, whether they're large or whether they're small, significant or insignificant. And they're obviously things that people have in their minds. One of the things that I think is is improving is that people are actually becoming slightly better at being able to talk about these. I know personally one of the things that's helped me is actually being able to talk not just the family, but to my colleagues at work, they've been a huge support to me. Uh, and I do talk about, you know, the situation quite a lot. Um, I'm also really, really happy to say that we, we do talk about Grant a lot at home. Uh, you know, we have two young children um, and he is very much still part of the conversations that we have, um, both serious and just recounting things that happened uh, because, you know, he is still... Although he is no longer with us, he's still very much part of of our lives eh, and a shared journey, a journey that we shared for for forty three years, eh, and obviously eh, his his entire lifetime. Jamie, I think we want to try and look at where we can go to to recognise that this is a problem in farming. It seems to be something that you've touched on there. It's the everyday things mounting up and the challenges. People just, you know, dealing with all that on their own. How do we maybe go around about recognising those issues and, and helping people to, to not keep that battle inside? I think it's one of these things that actually it, it, I have thought quite a bit about this. I remember as a, you know, as a child going uh, to my grandparents' farm uh, in Stirlingshire and seeing events like clipping and so on and so forth, where all the neighbours or neighbours used to come and help. Um, I think as mechanisation has increased, um, so has the solitary nature of agriculture. And I think, you know, just looking at things in a very practical sort of sense, you've got to look out for your neighbour and you've got to look out for your friends. And I think it's just people recognising that it's a really difficult industry to work in. There's pressures coming from every direction. And I think it's the whole concept of people actually making the time and effort to get together, to not just talk about the serious things in farming, but actually just say, oh God, you're never going to believe what happened to me this week. Um, And I think it's the recognition Everybody will be worrying about different things, but one of the most important things is the recognition that actually by the outstretching of a metaphorical hand or making a phone call to your neighbour to say, how are you getting on? I see that your tractor's broken down in that field. Um, Is there anything I can do to help? These small things that actually to let people know, because what we've seen is that just the amount of support that people have offered, how willing they've been to help us. And I think had Grant actually known just what was around him, the, the metaphorical hug of all the friends and neighbours eh, and people that we didn't really know that well, who've just turned up, you know, with a pan of soup, you know, the, the help and support that all of these people have been, it's just been unbelievable. And as I say, that, that help and support was always there. It's just an absolute tragedy that it takes events like this to actually 
uh, get that feeling of community because people dropped everything to come and help. And so it's just to make sure that people actually understand that the help and support is available. It doesn't need to come to this. There is no problem that is so big that it cannot be sorted. Jamie, so Scott Brown came to me and he said to me that Grant's death had been tragic. There's too much of this going on in farming and he personally felt helpless and wanted to do something. Scott came with this idea and it is about trying to show that everyone, farmers are are, are appreciated and they should have pride in what they do. Grant took massive pride in caring for his stock. Farming is, is, is a business and a way of life that you put your whole soul into. And that's why I think it hurts so much when things go wrong, because it's not just a case of, oh, well, that's we've lost X amount of pounds. It's you're looking at an animal that you maybe bred. You're looking at crops that you've nurtured. You're looking at something that you've invested, not just you know time, not just money, but your actual you know, skill, your professional pride into nurturing. And, and when you feel that things are not going the way you want it, you know, it's it's something that cuts you deeply. So the fact that a torch has been shone in on that to let people see just what a family um, sort of network, every farm or most farms are, the way that so many people invest so much in them, the time, the money, I suppose, in many ways, although the business is, is the last thing that sometimes is thought of, because the most important thing is getting out there to make sure that everything is looked after, no matter what. That was Jamie Brand, with some wonderful words to remember his brother Grant, and also some very important advice to all of us about protecting our mental health and looking out for one another. This is the On Farm Podcast. Thank you very much, as always, for being with us. I did say at the very beginning that Grant Brand's suicide was part of what prompted my friend Scott Brown to come to us here at Seen and Heard and say, come on, we have to do something about this. So Scott joined Jamie and I for the second half of the recording for this programme and he's been listening in to what Jamie's been saying so far. It's quite emotional just listening to Jamie there actually. Um, I think for me, I just remember hearing the news and just thinking of how my image of Grant was like, was just as Jamie's, I'm sort of, sort of smiling when he was describing Grant to you all. Uh, six foot four, built like an air raid shelter, and a smile as wide as he's slow then, you know? That great big smile that just, so engaging. Lovely, lovely guy. I just couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. And I just thought, well, do you know, Grant for me would be the one person I would, if I would go and see to lift my spirits, you know, because he was a, a smiley, happy, positive guy. And I just, it made me. It's why I phoned Nina Clancy at RSEBI and said to Nina, "Look, I said for me, Grant taking his own life is was just something that made me think we have to do something now uh, to try and raise spirits, bring awareness to the situation, and raise spirits if we can do that as well." But the bigger picture is, as you said, Monte, a couple of minutes ago, was actually to give farmers, you know, a sense of pride in what they do, um, because as as Jamie's just said, farming is not just a job; it's a way of life, and that's. That's a line out of the, the short film as well. Farming, it's more than just a job, it's a special way of life. But it, it does take it does take a lot out of you at times of the year. You know, it's not all 
sailing with your back to the wind. You've got days you go out the door and you wish you, could, you didn't have to go out the door because of what's about to meet you weather-wise. But you do it for the love of the animals and for the for the end goal. So that's basically how I came about um, approaching the subject. And really for me, I just wanted to do something for the Brian family um, because I just, um, like everybody else, couldn't get over what happened. Yeah, so Scott, some of the inspiration came from from over the pond, didn't it? You you spotted something on YouTube that gave you a bit of a a lift and a wee bit of inspiration as to what you might want to do. Yeah, I did, Monty. Uh, as I said, I was sitting at lambing time in, in the shed, waiting on some on some action, and uh, I was just browsing through YouTube, and I just happened to see a suggested video of a, a short film called called uh, When God Made a Farmer by a, a guy called Paul Harvey, uh, which was uh, a film about almost three minutes long. And it was used by Dodge Ram uh, to promote pickups, and it was shown at halftime in the Super Bowl. They made some great use of some still images, so it was very cleverly done to help tell the story. And I was just sitting there thinking, we could do this for, for our own guys without too much of, a, of an effort. Little did I know. Without too much of an effort, surely we could put something like this together. Because it because I felt quite emotional watching it in the for the first time around, I just thought, wow, this is amazing. We can we can surely do this for ourselves. Yeah. But uh, little did you know there was a bit of effort involved. But it's a it's a brilliant piece. It's a it's a just even the rework by by Dodge um as their advert is is just brilliant. And I would encourage anyone who hasn't seen that to, to have a wee look at it. Um so God made a farmer. Um but there were a few things that we obviously wanted to, to tweak and change and what have you to, to make it more appropriate for a, for a Scottish audience. Um, I guess one of the things is that we wanted it just to, to look like Scotland. Yeah, I think we had to sit down and think how, how we were going to do it. One of my first points of contact was actually um, Fiona Clark from, from the BBC Landward. Um, I just I dropped the idea in on Fiona. And I said to her, you know, this is a video that I would like to replicate. What do you think the chances are? And she said, um, yeah, I think um, I think you need to do it in a, in a different mind, a different uh, type. So um, she suggested that we 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 get we do it in poetry, and uh, she also suggested that we get a poet to write it for us as well. So I was like, okay, okay, it all sounds fairly straightforward. Um, we very quickly, I think, between yourself and myself, Monty had a had a rough um, framework to, that we realised we wanted to stick to. Uh, we knew um, what we were going to do in terms of how long it was going to be, roughly. Uh, we, not, we, want, we knew the images, roughly, that we wanted to use. But then we had to then get... We got to the stage of, right, well, that's great. Um, we have to write the story. We have to get the story told, though, so we can match the images to the story. We're kind of looking at each other across the table, and you said, how about we just have a bash ourselves? I was thinking, well... I've never written poetry to any level before. Obviously, you're in you're in the business you're in. I'm, I'm sure you've done uh, you do writing for a living. So I thought, well, that's fine. At least I've got one out of the two of us will be able to do something. I think the only poem I've ever written is in a Valentine's card, though, Scott. So I never quite qualified as poet of the knowing. Well, you you must have nailed it, Monty, because three two kids later, the job's a good one. Between us, we wrote it in about four hours. It was all coming together very quickly, and before we knew where we were, we actually had about ten verses. I think. But this stuff was just pouring out and I was thinking I was kind of looking over my shoulder to see who was writing this stuff because it, it's I've never done it before and it was just there I just wonder if 
the reason it came so easy and we batted the ideas back and forward. And I've, I've thought about it since. And I think it's partly to do with being there and, and, and understanding and, and just, just having all that inside you, you know, you know what I mean? You, you know what it's like, you, you, you know, things like that, that, that line, which, you know, when, when the rain comes wrong, I knew what I meant as soon as I put that down. It's not about, you know, it's not about flooding and too much rain. It's about drought and not enough rain or too much rain. It's just, it just, it just came out because I knew exactly what I wanted to say. And it's maybe hard to explain in words. And maybe that's what the, the, the poem does. It's just one of these things. I think we, we had all that. And, and, you know, going back to what Jamie was saying earlier, it maybe just is a, it's maybe just a, a way of getting it out. What's inside? I was just going to say, I think one of the other things that's really interesting is something I said earlier, it's about a collaborative process. You did it together. And it just goes to show that, you know, to, it sometimes the whole thing adds up to a far greater sum than the whole, the fact that you actually worked together and, and produced this. And it is, it is funny, as you say, Jamie, it's collaborative. And, yeah, Scott appearing at your door saying, let's write a poem was, uh, yeah, different. Um, Scott, just going back a wee bit because it was you that waved the magic wand and and suddenly had Jason Connery on board. Um, where did Jason Connery fit into this to start off with? Um, well, again, it was an, a sort of idea that came a suggestion from Fiona Clark, who had said from Landward, um, if you want to get engagement in this and and to get people to to watch it, uh, you probably have to have somebody who's a household name. Um, that will attract people's uh, and attention to it to start with, and then once obviously uh, you've got that, if it's half decent, then it'll then it will resonate with people. Um, so I knew Jason uh, lived in the borders. I knew he lived on the outskirts of a of a farm, and it was uh, a family who I do business with. I sort of chanced my luck a little bit, and I phoned this uh, this uh, this guy up, and I said, "Look, I know Jason Connery lives near you." This is a project that I'm thinking of. Well, we are going to do. We're not thinking of doing it, and we just need a little bit of nous and a bit of help to get this thing to to fly. You know, um, I said, "Do you think he would?" Once I explained to this fellow what we were going to be doing and what it was all about and what how we'd arrived, you know, what the what the the reason behind it was that we were doing it, he just said, "Wow, um, he'll do it." And I said, "Well, do you want to ask him first? And he said, "No, no, he'll do it." He says, I'll, I'll get him to do it. But he says, send me an email with what you're doing, what you're trying to achieve. Give him, give him the story you've just given me. And I think he says, I think he'll, he'll help you out, no problem at all. So that was at three o'clock in the afternoon and at half past seven at night, he phoned me and he said, uh, I've just read your email. How can I help? He, Jason, Jason's such a lovely guy. Without realising it, he's actually a son of the soil as well. Um, his parents, uh, his mum, uh, was was a, a she she was really passionate about farming, and when they lived down south for the first twenty years of his life, he lived with his on his on his uh, parents' small farm, which about forty five acres, and they had cattle and sheep and, and horses and uh, yeah, farming's in his blood, and I and I had no idea, uh, and that's why that's why it resonated with him as well. He totally gets it, and also he's very close to this family who I know. That uh, who, whose farm he lives on the edge of, and he spends a lot of time with them. And he sees for himself what's actually involved in putting food on the tables of others. And in Jason's own words, it's not been uncommon for them to be sitting having a barbecue at his house, 
and the mobile phone goes and there's a there's a heifer calving in the shed and he gets piled into a Land Rover and uh, ends up calving a calving or jacking a cow a calf out of a cow at two o'clock in the morning, uh, helping this family out. So he loves it, absolutely loves it. He he once we once he got the script, um, he said, I think now that I've got the script and now that I've got my head around it, um, he said, I think I need to get somebody with a more distinctive Scottish accent. And um, Jason was an award-winning director with a movie he produced called um, Tommy's Honour, which was about telling the story of golf. And one of the actors in his uh, cast was a guy called Ian Pirrie, who's an Aberdonian um, who lives in London, but he's a, he's an accomplished actor, uh, has been in quite a few films that are household names, like The Matrix, uh, Dark, Dark Knight, uh, Batman, just been in, in um, Chernobyl. So he's, he's been in a raft of movies and uh, he said, I've approached him, if you don't mind, and I'll, I'll uh, see, how he th- see how he goes and I'll get him to get back to you. So before we realised where we were, um, Ian was, was on the board as well. And Ian's, uh, as I say, from Aberdeen and one of his best friends when he was at college uh, was a farmer in Aberdeen. In fact, he said it was his best friend um, in life that, that uh, took his own life uh, just unexpectedly, and he's never really gotten over it. So, from from that respect, um, in Ian's case, it tot- what we were trying to do absolutely resonated with him as well. Yeah, when we got that, when we got that like team together, it, it, everyone got it. It was just so lovely how how everyone got what we were trying to do. And again, Scott Brown appears at the door and says, "I've got Jason Connery and Ian Perry." To, to work on this project with you it's like it was amazing but they completely got it you, you know you 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 said from the very get-go that you wanted a distinct voice and you you, you talk about um the, the the god made a farmer and you know the distinction in that voice and you said that and, and i think you know it was amazing to get ian on board yeah it was monty um he put so much gusto into uh, the words of the script and really just brought the whole thing to life and it went from just being a, a poem that we had written on an A4 pad, it actually brought the whole thing to life, which was furthered by, obviously, the images which we, we put to it. Yeah, no, it, it, it was, he, he, he completely ticked the boxes. And really, I hope that um, people appreciate the, the quality, the, the people who gave us these images. It was top quality stuff. And, and you know, I'm, I'm really proud of what we got and how it portrays the industry and, and how it, it gave life to the, to the film. The truth of the matter is we've got a lot of uh, image donors um, in the credits and we're all incredibly grateful to them, but we had way, way, way more images than we could ever use. You know, um, we were just coming down in top quality imagery. It was just so humbling, the the quality of the stuff that we were given to use. Kevin McCollum, for for example, um, you know, an accomplished photographer who was, uh, he was commissioned by Morden for the Landkeepers Project to go around uh, the Highlands and Islands of Scotland um, and take photographs of people interacting with their livestock. Now, that exhibition was shown in Holyrood uh, for a period of two weeks and made into an exhibition uh, in the foyer as you walked in. And we were given complete access to all those images to use uh, you know, for this project to bring the whole thing to life. And you'll see some of the images in the in the short film. Most of those are black and white. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're just, it was, it was almost a, we're just embarrassed sometimes by just how good the material was we were given. It was just amazing. 
even when it wasn't fully explained what we were up to, people just wanted to help. And 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 the collaborative approach to this, and and the goodwill, and 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 you know, Jamie brought it up earlier. You know, there's there's people out there who who want to help. There's people out there who, you know, are there if you need to speak. There's people that you, you can reach out to, and I, I I would just say that I hope, and I I don't mean this to be patronising. I'm not you know I'm not here to be a I, I, I'm not an RSABI counsellor or anything like that, but I just, you know, I think if there's a message from this podcast, from the film, it's about feel some pride, feel good about yourself, and if there's a problem, you can reach out and talk. Jamie, have I summarised that right? Because you know, I'm, 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 I'm just here presenting a podcast. You're, you're, you're the man that's been through the difficult times. Have I got this right? Do you think? Uh, absolutely. I think. You know, I hope that Grant knew, knows how much he was loved, not only by his family, by but by so many people around. And it's it's a kind of still for me, all these sort of weeks and months on, it's a bit surreal because when I am at his fortune, I go out to feed the animals in the morning and I still expect him to walk down the steps into the yard or down the field to one of the sheds. Uh, even though I know that that's not going to happen. Um, and I think that it is just about, you know, people realising that, that there is nothing that reaching out and, and getting some help and speaking about something that cannot be made better. Um, and it's that, that we do not want any other family uh, to go through what, you know, what we've had to go through. And, it's it's as I say overwhelming, you know how so many people have done so many things, uh, and of course this this video this podcast are all part of of that process and trying to make people reach out to get the help that's available, not necessarily from professional counsellors, but from just reaching out to their family, to their neighbours, to whoever can actually just give them that help that might be the difference. Thank you, Jamie. Thanks, Scott. Many thanks, many thanks indeed to Jamie and to Scott and our best, warmest wishes to everyone at East Fortune Farm, um, Grant's wife, Jane, and their two children and wider family. Just at this point, an important reminder. If you find this episode has been a hard listen, it's important that you speak to someone. Again, I'm going to put some links in the episode show notes and you can always contact your GP, the Samaritans on 116123 or for those involved in agriculture in Scotland, RSABI on 0300 111 4166. That's almost it from us for this episode. Of course, We'd love you to share all the on-farm episodes with the people around you. But this one, this one in particular, is a really important one. We want people to hear these important messages and to understand that they can get help. So please, think about it. Please share this episode and please also share that We All Need a Farmer video. It'd be great if people all across the farming sector felt more valued and supported, as the film aims to do. You'll find the film, as I say, on YouTube. You'll find it on the On Farm and Seen and Heard PR Twitter and Facebook pages. 
From the Solway coast to the healing glens, from the rich red border soils to the waves of Muckleflugger, where the peewee flies and the curlew cries and the hare nibbles grass in the sun, we all need a farmer. Farming, more than just a job, it's a special way of life, where families pull together, work the land with nature's helping hand, and whatever the weather throws their way, to overcome adversity and rejoice a better day. We all need a farmer. When the rain comes wrong, or the sun doesn't shine, and the crop doesn't quite make the grade, or the sale price is poor and cattle don't sell, no profit is going to be made, harness resolve, maybe shed a tear. There's always the hope of a better next year. When there's cows to milk, up before the sun, and off to drive the school bus and the local parish run. When there's snow on the road and it's lying deep, and it's blown the fields and it's buried the sheep, we all need a farmer. Strong of the arm, strong of the brain, pushing on through the wind and the rain. When a neighbour is struggling to till all their land or a lamb's coming breach, help us at hand, we all need a farmer. When the flames of foot and mouth set fire to hopes and dreams, and the changing face of Brexit means there's nothing as it seems, digging deep, reaching out to friends in every way, the community is strong, we're here to stay. When it's off to the show with the team we go, it's the weekend but there's no time to rest, for the public deserve the best. The finest of farming is coming to town, the stock to parade and new champions to crown. We all need a farmer. Because the folks need to know where the food they eat grows. Whether breakfast is snap, crackle and pop, or a latte with a froth on the top. Lunch, a pie from the butchers or a tasty quiche to share. Scotland's food is raised with tender love and care. We see a dentist and a mechanic for an annual MOT, a banker and a barber, once a month will do for me. But every day and every way, veg, cereal, fruit, dairy or meat, would all get nowhere with nothing to eat. And that is why we all need a farmer.